I'm really happy with the, the role that I play in that group. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is for Latinos and Hispanics to feel connection with others. And I think the ERG had an immediate impact on those needs. Hello, and welcome to Dwayne Morris, DNI 360 with Joe West. I'm Yumika Anderson Howard, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Manager at Dwayne Morris. We have joining us this week our very own Dwayne Morris corporate partner, Omari Costa, discussing his career doing business in Latin America and his role as co leader of the firm's attorney, Hispanic, and Latino employee resource group. Hello. This is Joseph West. I am a partner at Dwayne Morris, and I have the privilege of serving as the firm's Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer. I have the privilege today of interviewing uh, my friend, my colleague, a fellow member of the DC office, a partner in our corporate group, uh, Amari Costa. Amari, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Joe. I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm really happy to be talking to you today, and I hope you're doing well, too. I'm doing great. So uh, let, let's, let's get started, Amari, talking about uh, your background and your career path, how you got to the firm. Um, when I was in-house at Walmart, I had the opportunity to spend a fair amount of time in, in Brazil, one of my favorite places on Earth. Uh, you are uh, a Brazilian. Uh, tell us about your journey, please. Right, right, yeah. So I, I grew up in Brazil. I grew up in a, a relatively small town uh, outside the big city of Sao Paulo, right? And any any town would be small compared to Sao Paulo. Uh, and then uh, uh, had no no lawyers in my family, but I've always had an interest in 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 legal issues for some reason. I mean, I, when I was a kid, I picked up a, a civil code and tried to figure out if if a um, if if the fruits of a tree fall in a someone's yard, whose whose uh, fruits are those, right? And you know that that sort of indicated my interest in, in in going to law school. So I started my career in Brazil, went to law school down there. Um, the path is slightly different from here in the U.S. So I started working during my third year of law school. Uh, remained. Uh, and continue working at the same firm after I graduated. Remember, five, uh, law school is an undergraduate degree in Brazil, and it's five years as opposed to three here. Um, so I continued with that law firm until I, I got a, a scholarship to go study in England and was there for a year, uh, worked at a, at a law firm as a foreign associate for some time, Delayed my return to Brazil as much as I could because I met my uh, my wife when I was studying there. She was in the same program. Uh, I brought her to Brazil. We we both worked there. Uh, I returned to my firm, but then you know we decided that it would be better for us to move to the United States. So that was back in 1998 when I when I started my career. Not again. Not all over again, but. Uh, decided to move to the United States and, and become a U.S. lawyer as well. Let's talk a little bit about Brazil, about Brazilian culture and about what's happening there now. Um, it, it's, it's a very interesting place. I've always found it to be uh, interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, being from Louisiana, 
Um, I find that the people are very much like the people in New Orleans and Louisiana, very open, very welcoming. Um, they know how to mix business with pleasure quite well. Those two things tend to sort of uh, interact with each other. Uh, and, you know, it's also a very interesting political climate, <laughs> very much like my home state of Louisiana and other places in the U.S. Um, how are things now in Brazil? Uh, and what uh, has, you know, some of the challenges of the last couple of years, particularly the pandemic, um, what has that looked like and where are things now uh, with our friends uh, in, in, in Brazil? Well, not unlike the U.S., there's a little bit of a culture war uh, going on in Brazil, right? There's uh, those that oppose vaccination, although, you know, we're talking about maybe 20% of the population. In, in, in some, uh, in, in my hometown, the vaccination rate is closer to 95%. So, you know, it's not a, it's not a huge political issue, but there's some, uh, some instances of, of this culture uh, cultural war that we see here in the United States. Now, uh, it, it, what's interesting, uh, unfortunately, uh, sad as well, but it's interesting that that the current president was voted in in a way to avoid the the Labor Party, which you know was accused of rampant corruption and and all sorts of issues that 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 uh, we've read in the in the press. Uh, so the new president, was, well, the current president was voted in to basically exercise the Labor Party. Interestingly mm -hmm. enough, now he's he's uh, running for re-election at the same time that that Lula, the former president, and, and I guess I would say the head of the Labor Party is leading the polls. So so the 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 exercise of exorcising the the the, the Labor Party didn't work, and and now they're poised to coming back to work. It's a difficult situation where, where uh, you know, one party uh, is, is not the favorite, but at the same time, uh, the experiment of voting Bolsonaro in didn't work quite well as, as expected. So now we're going back to the known quantity. Right? For the benefit of people who aren't as steeped in uh, Brazilian politics, uh, Lula was an icon for the, for the Labor Party, very, very popular when he was in office. You know, there was some issues around corruption uh, that he was associated with. And then Dilma, his, I think one of his associates was president in the interim. Uh, and then Bolsonaro came into office uh, and sort of swung things decidedly to the right, right. Uh, when he was in office. And now you're saying that, uh, you know, that there's a bit of a comeback that Lula is is trying to is trying to stage. Right, right, absolutely. I mean, it, it, and it is it, it, if 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 you recall when Lula was uh, president, the the economic climate in the whole world was very positive. Brazil, yeah. as a supplier of commodities, rode the wave of of China. Uh, yeah. growth in China and, and it was and, it was one of the brick it was one of the brick countries that people it was and you know it's interesting because if you recall there was a the cover of the economist uh, some some 10 12 years ago was a, a a picture of the statue of liberty taking off right so brazil the sleeping giant is finally uh waking up and and will will uh 
over, I mean, it, it, it will become this, this uh, amazing country. Now, a lot of that was based on, on consumption. That's so right. not, not, not productivity, not uh, uh, anything that had economic uh, uh, longevity. It was much more based on, on now, uh, I, I remember there was a, a, a writer uh, in Brazil, once wrote when when Portugal entered the European Union, they talked about the fact that the the Portuguese were still uh, five foot eight, but they thought that they were six feet tall now because they're rich, right? And and that same thing happened in Brazil, right? It it it's like the the country just felt very good about itself, so I decided now it's the time to to go to Miami and and and. And you know, I don't need to bring a suitcase because I can buy one cheaply in Miami and and spend the money. So a lot of it was based on spending, and created a little bit of a bubble. Now the the you know, we're, we're we're now back to having to pay that bill uh, a few years later, right? Let Let's talk a little bit about your practice and uh, your co leadership of the Latino Hispanic uh, Employee Resource Group at Dwayne Morris. Um, you're in the corporate group. Talk us a little bit about your work, the type of work that you do. Uh, give us some of the, uh, you need not mention specific clients unless you feel comfortable doing so, but talk a little bit about your practice. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'll go back uh, some, some 24 years when I arrived here, a lot of the work was doing work for US clients going to Latin America, specifically Brazil, but going to, to, to Brazil. Now, things have changed a little bit. And now my practice is much more doing work for foreign clients doing business in the United States. I mean, there's some strategic reasons for me to, to do that. But one of uh, 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 which is the insurance against crisis in Latin America, right? So, uh, you know, this is exactly what happened in Brazil. The 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 economic climate climate is not conducive to additional investment. So a number of of uh, individuals and companies that that have available cash or want to expand their their market look for the United States because there are opportunities here, particularly in the infrastructure, and energy, and 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 others, right? So so the. Uh, some of my practice still cross border, but more of the inbound work. So we represent, I'll give you an example. We have a, a Brazilian uh, a client that is now investing in, in renewable energy uh, assets in the United States. So we help them buy the assets and, and, and structure their investment. There are all sorts of, of tax planning that goes into it. And, and then we, of course, handle the the diligence review of the of the target, prepare the documentation, help them uh, continue the operation and, and and move on. I have another client that comes from a from the a state in the south of Brazil, not traditionally uh, a, a a a company that you would see uh, in in terms of global domination, but they. They came to the United States a few years ago. We helped them with the acquisition. They first bought 51% uh, of a company. Now they, they bought the remaining 49% and are using the US as a platform to expand their business into other parts of the world. So that's a, that's a, a great example of a, a, a mid-sized company in Brazil that has come to the United States and with that launched into a, a, a much larger 
business opportunity. But at the same time, you know, anything that happens in Latin America, we still get involved in. And uh, that, that was actually something that I used to say that that for many years, I was the best Brazilian lawyer of this firm. Right. And, you know, of course, my kids will remind me that I'm also the worst Brazilian lawyer. <laughs> now we have a, a couple of others. So, it, it, you know, it, 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 it's safer. So even if it's litigation or, or, or labor disputes that that are in Latin America, I can help clients understand that much better than than um, a say a non-Brazilian qualified attorney, right? So that's, well, that's a little bit of my practice. And you do a fantastic job with that. We're fortunate to have you. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, ERG. Our, right. We uh, established a year and a half ago, I think, our employee resource groups for both attorneys and staff. Right. And uh, we selected the ideal people to be our co-leaders of our ERGs. And you helped lead the Latino Hispanic ERG. Uh, tell us why you're interested in, in taking that leadership role with the, within the firm and uh, what are some of the things that the Latino Hispanic ERG has done and might be doing in the future? Sure. No, I'm, 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 I'm really proud of it. I'm really happy with the, the role that I play in that group. Uh, I will say that that group was created in the middle of the pandemic and we're, we're away from the office, right? So there's some, some practical aspects of, 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 the, uh, of, of doing it. But I will say that one of the, the most important things that the group did immediately upon its, its creation was allow all of the members to find a forum where they could, they could even have some social interaction with others, right? It wasn't in person, but it was social interaction. I think that I cannot uh, emphasize enough how important it is for Latinos and Hispanics to feel connection with, with, with others. And, and I think the, the ERG had an immediate impact on, on uh, those needs. We had, uh, again, you, you may recall that, that some of the uh, uh, new attorneys who joined the firm with, with the Saturday Stevens uh, uh, merger uh, had not had contact with anyone be before we closed our offices. So a few of the members of the, uh, of the former Saturday Stevens firm who joined the ERG also felt an immediate impact and, and used the, our group as a way to get to know others and, and use that as a resource to find uh, uh, other attorneys or understand who could help them in their, in their practice. So that was a, an immediate impact and, and that lasted for a long time. I, I think that, that I can tell you that uh, the group is very uh, uh, cohesive and, and we feel very uh, connected to each other now. So that was, that was more of the social uh, aspect and in, impact that he had. Now we then created a, a, mentoring program and not to take away from the firm's own mentoring program and in the groups and office mentoring programs, but we sort of, due to the, the, the natural affinity that we had with each other, started creating first informally, but then formally created groups of, of attorneys that would, would meet and talk about their practice and things that they could do better and, and, and other ways that we could help each other. And more recently, uh, we started looking at opportunities 
uh, involving all the members of the group. So as an example, one of our members is from Colombia and she has a relationship with a, with a firm in, in Colombia. So we've been putting together webinars and, and ways to promote different parts of the practice that, that uh, have a, a, a relation to, to our Hispanic and, and Latino um, uh, uh, connection, right? So, so I think we're, we feel very good about it. The group has been uh, very active uh, I think we we all participate because we're afraid of uh, the the fear of missing out of not going to to the meetings and when and the group meets twice a, a month and and it's been really a very important element of it uh, that 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 we all enjoy and, and benefit from. Well, we appreciate your leadership, Amari, just in general at the firm, the excellence you bring, uh, the cross border connections. Uh, the fact that you're such an extraordinarily talented and gifted lawyer and just such a good guy. Uh, I, I never uh, miss an opportunity uh, on the off chance that there might be some younger lawyers listening to ask someone with uh, a measure of experience and accomplishment to give advice. What would you say uh, to your um, fresh out of law school younger self if you could get into a time machine, what, what advice would you give to that young, fresh-faced Amari uh, that might be of benefit to others so similarly situated? Well, I mean, I would say uh, watch how other people behave and, and watch how other people relate to their clients, to their peers, and, and, and learn from that, right? There's some behavior that you, you don't want to emulate, uh, and and I mean, I'll give you a concrete example. We have a we have an attorney in our office who's relatively uh, well. He's young, but relatively new in the firm. And and I brought him to a couple of conference calls where I knew the the conversation with with opposing counsel was going to be difficult. And after after that conversation, and it was in fact difficult, unnecessarily difficult. We debriefed and we talked about that and I explained to him like I wanted you to watch now was that helpful did it did that uh foster the the relationship and help and and further the interests of his clients the answer is no so don't act that way right mm -hmm. and interestingly enough all other attorneys from from opposing counsel's group were extremely nice to to him in the communication because I think they also noticed that 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 um confrontational approach wasn't helping. So I, I, my view is, you know, just, just watch how other people behave, uh, uh, see how and learn from the experience of others. And if you need to ask someone, can I join you in that call? Can I come to you with you to the meeting? I think that that's, that's something that I would, I would highly encourage. I certainly encourage with me and I encourage people to do that with, with their, with their mentors, with their supervisors to, to, to be able to learn from that, right? Because we learn from, from behavior and hopefully from good behavior. That is fantastic advice. Thank you so much. Muito obrigado, Miramau. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. It's, all, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. All right, my friend. Take care. You too.